This week we're talking about the plight of the weekend warrior with Miles Morgan, and you're listening to the Landscape Photography Podcast. This is Nick Page, and thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I'm excited because I get to hang out with one of my favorite photographers and just favorite humans in general, and that's Miles Morgan. Miles is an amazing photographer, and one of the things that's probably the most amazing about Miles is that he doesn't even do it full time. When you look at his photography, you would think to yourself that this is a guy that shoots all day, every day to hone the skills that he has, but in fact, he is a full time airline pilot and he just does photography in his spare time. Miles is a great guy, he's a really fun guy to talk to and I'm excited to have him on the show. Okay, so with that, let's jump into the conversation that I had with Miles Morgan about the plight of the weekend warrior. So the plight of the weekend warrior. I think this is something that a lot of people can relate to, including you, Mr. Miles Morgan. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's awesome to talk to you. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Nick. It's good to be here uh, to to represent the, the the forgotten weekend warriors, the the slightly pudgy of us. Um, you know, it reminds me of the I don't know if you saw the video, the uh, the dad's life video of all, one of the best videos of all time. If you haven't seen, look it up. Just okay. a bunch of goobers out there, you know, trying to be cool on the weekends. That That's essentially me in a nutshell. <laughs> and I think that's most of us, especially me before I got brave and quit my day job. I had a, a very limited amount of time to get all the photography in that I could. Sometimes when you're in that place and you see people like on Instagram that are just traveling the world and going out for months at a time, you think to yourself, well, of course they're getting great images because they're there all of the time. But yeah. for the rest of us, we don't get to go out and do photography all that often. People like you, Miles, you're kind of the exception, I think, because not only do you make amazing images, but you make them when you get the chance, which is not super often because you have a full time job, right? Um, hang on. I'm writing you a check right now. I got to do you want to Nick page photography or just want a personal account so you don't have to declare it on your tax. We can we can work either way. But uh, uh, thanks, man. Uh, that's that's way too kind of you. Um, it is a subject near and dear to my heart because uh, I do have a full-time job. Uh, thank God, because if I relied on my photography to, to eat, I'd be, well, I'd be thinner. So maybe that's the way to do it. But um, yeah, I've been a, I've been an airline pilot for uh, whew, 25 years now and I picked up photography just about nine, 10 years ago. And, and finding that life balance between work and, uh, you know, a healthy relationship and traveling and photography has been its own journey mm -hmm. and one that I have flailed at more than I've succeeded at. And I, I think I've gotten to a point where I'm a little bit uh, more comfortable with where I am. Uh, but it does come, as you say, it comes with the sacrifice of, of just realizing that you can't keep up with well, you for starters, but <laughs> you know, the, the guys that are out there that are making great imagery, you, you're just not going to be able to, unless you're more talented than I am, you're not going to be able to do it, but that's a, that has to just be okay. You just have to be out there just to try to enjoy 
what you do put out and what you do get when you get a chance to shoot to try to make the most of it. Right. So for a little bit of perspective, like how much are you sh getting to shoot these days? Like typical, typical month, how many times do you get to shoot? Well, the, the last two months have been great. I've, I've managed to sneak out for two pretty long trips. I, so I managed to do a week, David Thompson out in the, in the desert, and then a week with Ryan out in the desert. Uh, so that for, that's really rare, though. Before that, I had not really shot this year, maybe once. Um, so it's about once every two months that I get a chance to get out there and shoot. And part of that is I, I would have a lot more opportunities locally. You and I were just um, yip-yapping before we started this about you know the local environment and how you feel about the Palouse is sort of how I feel about the Pacific Northwest now. Yeah, we're both in photography Disneyland. Right, exactly. And there's just this thing. It doesn't matter where you live. If the closer to home it is, the less inspired you are by it. You know, for me, I'm just coming off all of my Palouse tours and and I love getting to share this area. But at the same time, after four weeks of doing photography here, if I can go another year without seeing a wheat field, I'll be happy because <laughs> I'm I'm just all Palouse out like that's yeah. as much Palouse photography as I can handle. Um, it's just another rolling hill. And I think everybody's like that to a point because, you know, you see it every day and it's it, unless the light is doing something really, really amazing or there's something unique and interesting that makes it different. It's just the same old thing. Yeah, well, I, I you're going to be uh, happy to hear then that I picked up a trip yesterday because literally I was I was looking through uh, your IG stories and I was thinking, you know, I got a few days off. I'm going to call Nick and head out to the Palouse and see if he wants to go shooting. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, yeah, this trip popped up and I got to pay for some stuff. So I'll, I'll go pick that up. So you're, you're welcome for that. Oh, thank thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have felt so bad. I would have felt obligated because like, oh, yeah. Chance to go hang out with Miles and then, but, yeah. but it's in the Palouse. Womp, womp. Oh, man. Yeah. No, you know, it's, I think there are a lot of people that are completely happy with their local area and bless their sweethearts. I wish I was that way because, you know, from where I am in, in, in near Portland, Oregon, it's just incredible out here for photography. I'm, I probably need to get a little bit better about doing more local imagery, but I've seen, there's so many great shooters out here in Portland mm -hmm. area. And I've seen so many shots of the same stuff in order to get something new. I would have to trek outside of the stuff that I've seen that gets harder to do when you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. So then one thing I've learned, I learned this a lot from David Thompson, who is, you know, you want to talk about a guy that went from, you know, a good photographer five years ago to one of the very elite photographers uh, with a full-time job, yeah. with a family, raising a, a great kid with a wonderful wife. And he manages to balance that incredibly well. And he inspires me. But uh, one of the things I learned from him is, you know, the research part is something you can do when you're at home. Mm -hmm. You know, you get an hour at night, you pop on the internet and just start looking, you know, pouring through areas and maps and Google Earth and and uh, some other shots of people that are maybe a little less known and trying to find something that's a little bit different in the area that you're either living in or that you're going to plan on traveling to. Yeah, and I think that's probably one of the differences between someone like you and David don't get to shoot a ton, but there's, but they still find a way to make really good imagery when they do go out is the amount of time in between that they dedicate their thought process to photography just because they're not doing it. They're still thinking about it and they're mm. plotting and planning that next trip. That way, you know, they're still immersing their brain in it and they're thinking about it. And just the, the act of 
applying some of that valuable brain power towards the subject, it makes you better in a, in a subtle way because you're, you're thinking about it. You're thinking about what you want to do next and you're kind of getting yourself amped up for the next time you go out. That way you're not just starting cold in a way you're kind of warming yourself up to that upcoming trip. That's really the crux of it. David does more, more scouting than I do. Unless I know what, you know, when I know I'm going to a specific location, I'll start banging into some imagery, but uh, my my method um, for trying to keep my head in the game a little bit is just going online and seeing what uh, photographers are doing. And I call it active viewing. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at people's photographs, I'm not just going, uh, swipe, right? Swipe. Oh, that's a different app. Swipe, right? <laughs> is it swipe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, in this, I'm not in the single scene. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. I don't, you see, I'd swipe the wrong way. And I, you know, so anyway, but. Yeah, just, you know, an Instagram just rolling through, um, you know, rolling through images and just going like, 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 that's, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. But if you take the time to look at somebody's shot that comes out, uh, and I've got, I mean, I follow, you know, some incredible photographers, and I can count on them to do the work for me to put out great images that I can then, you know, assess and, and think about. But by looking at their shots and dissecting it a little bit more than just saying, this is pretty. What is it that I like about it? What what works here? What how did they create that? And how can I sort of replicate that process? Not the shot, but the process of of you know is it is a side lit? Is it is it post sunset? Is it pre sunset? Is it uh, you know what in the composition really works? What doesn't? I'm trying to figure out how to apply that the next time I go out. Mm-hmm. That helps me a lot because man, it is like anything else. Go you you know you golf. If you're not practicing, you suck, period. Absolutely. End of discussion. And by actively viewing other people's work, you're not only learning about them, you're learning about yourself as well because you're learning about what resonates with you and what is it about other people's photography that maybe you're lacking in your own work that if you were to incorporate, you'd be a little bit more excited about your own work. It's kind of a way of finding that next step or that next direction that you're wanting to push yourself because you, st- you start seeing it in other people's work, it resonates with you, and a lot of times there's always that something that's lacking about your own work, and when you see it in someone else's, it kind of gives you a, a direction to grow. And if you're not actively looking at art or not actively getting inspired by stuff, it's easy to get really stagnant and not grow. But by constantly immersing yourself, it tends to give you that direction that you, you're wanting to go in. Yeah, you you call it um, you know learning about yourself. I call it getting pissed off. <laughs> um, I get really bitter when I when my particularly my friends. You know, it's uh, the Ryan's and the Cody's and the mm-hmm. and uh, the Davids. They post a shot that's great, and it just it it burns me to the core. It really makes me <laughs> mad. You know, with friends like me, you're you're gonna you don't need any any to hate you, but. It, it does inspire me to say, okay, I'm, now I'm jealous and I'm mad and I'm angry. So now I need to get out there and, and try to, you know, try to get a trip together so I can make something to piss them off because that's really the name of the game. <laughs> exactly. I'm not happy till you're not happy. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so like nowadays you're, you're not getting out and shooting a ton. Has it always been that way for you or have you found more time in the past to get out and shoot? Uh, I'm an obsessive person for sure. So please don't slip crack into my, into my drink if we go shoot together, because I will then be on the street corner in a week. Um, 
And when I pick up something, I, I go full bore into it until I get bored and then I go on to the next thing. Photography's lasted longer than, than anything that I've done, really. And when I started, I, I became completely obsessed, did nothing else. And I look back at the time that I shot and it's, it's crazy. I was flying full time. I was married and not married anymore, which tells you how, how healthy that was. Right. I was going out pretty much every stretch of days off that I was home. And my ex-wife was very, you know, sweet about it. She was very nice to say, yeah, go do, you know, go do your thing. But that neglectfulness is not healthy in a relationship. And, you know, that's a, it's a life lesson. And, and she's moved on to greener pastures, which is probably better for her in the long run anyway, because I'm, I'm not the, the easiest person to be around, but <laughs> As my present girlfriend would, she's, I'm sure she's <laughs> nodding violently if she's listening to this, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, I got, I was doing it all the time and I was getting, uh, I was improving fast, which was great, but it was, it comes at a price. And the price is that if you're in a relationship with somebody that needs to be watered, it gets very dry. If you neglect it, the, the flip side to that is I have gained some of my best friends in the world through that incredible bond of photographers and I wouldn't trade that for anything. So I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, I got so into it that I got to meet some wonderful people. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is definitely a, a, a balance there. And that that's for somebody that's in a, a little bit addictive that wants to do well at something and wants to excel. That's the cautionary tale is to say, Hey, you know, somewhere along the lines, you got to find the balance. And the hardest part for me is watching uh, these young punks, you included, who come out of nowhere, you know, started six years after I did and blow me away, you know, within a year or two. And I, I sit there and think, man, uh, Cody Wilson being the, my, my least favorite person in that regard. I mean, that, that kid, I'd never heard of him a year ago. And now he's shooting stuff that I j just drops my jaw. And you have to just be okay to let that go and just mm -hmm. say, hey, that person's better than me. They're going to continue to get better than me and by a wider margin. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, this isn't, I don't, I could not care less if I ever sell a print. As a matter of fact, it's a pain. I couldn't care less if I've got five followers on Instagram or 5 million followers. I, I, I just don't care. So it doesn't really matter that I'm not getting, you know, substantially better compared to my peers who are passing me left, right, and center except for my competitiveness, which <laughs> makes it, you know, makes it harder to swallow. But I, I did, I used to shoot a lot more to answer your question in the longest way possible. <laughs> I mean, the, di the, the dinosaurs were roaming the last time you remember me stopping, not answering this question. So. <laughs> well, and I think that, uh behind every very, very successful artist or athlete or anybody that's really successful at their craft, behind them is a wake of, of failed relationships and sacrifices that they made to get to that point. Like when I talked to Art Wolf a long time ago, you know, one of the things I asked him about was like, how do you, how do you balance what you do and all of this travel with, you know, family and relationships? And he, he was just super blunt and honest. And he's like, somebody that travels as much as I do doesn't get to have relationships. And I'll probably mm. never be married or have that relationship because photography is my relationship is my mistress. Yeah. Yep. You really have to kind of ask yourself what the end game is. Are you somebody that it wants to be an amazing photographer, uh, no matter the consequences? 
And if so, you want to go the Art Wolf route where you just, you know, abandon everything else and give it all to that? Or do you want to be a well-rounded, happy individual? In that case, you want to go maybe not the Miles Morgan route. Let's, let's say the David Thompson route. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and you got to st- strive to find that that balance. And that's it's a tough thing. It's not something that I've mastered for sure. I'm right there. I'm struggling with it and I'm aware of it. And I'm trying, but I'm still probably not succeeding at it. And like kind of how you said, you find those best friends because nobody understands an obsessive photographer like another obsessive photographer. We get each uh, other. S- sing it, sister. Sing it, sister. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that is the gospel truth. <laughs> you know, you get guys. There, there are some people that manage to pull it off. I think Ryan. You know, Ryan and Candace do a good job with that. Yeah, um, but if Candace was not a photographer, you got to wonder. Yeah, it would be way harder. It, it would be harder. It, it really would because, you know, but Ryan takes his his job as a, as a husband and a stepfather uh, just as seriously as he takes his job as a professional photographer. And he, he values that family time above all else. And, and if sacrifices have to be made uh, where he can't go shoot because he needs to be home, then that's the way it is. He will never be... Uh, like Mark Adamus is out the, out in the field, what three hundred to three hundred and twenty days a year. Yep. He could never do that. It just wouldn't it wouldn't work. But he somehow manages to make you know a good business uh, for himself, and he manages when he goes out there to create insane content. Even though he doesn't shoot as much as I think most pros do, he's focused a little bit more on the business side of things of you know how to put food on the table, right? Um, and less about the exploring the art, which is just what happens uh, when you go full time. Like when you yep. go full time, you have this envision in your head, like oh, I'm just going to shoot all the time, and you actually shoot less because you spend so much time doing taxes and all of this stuff that you would really rather not do. It it takes up a larger part, portion of your time. Uh, I can I can see that, and you. You know, the one thing that you're fantastic at and I really admire in you and, and one of the reasons why you're going to be very successful in your craft is you, you've, you've figured out how to, you know, how important marketing yourself is, which is another reason I could never be a pro. I can't, mar- I hate marketing myself and it's, it's hard work and you have to, you know, you have to be involved. This podcast is a, is a great example of, you know, you have to be creative, which I'm not, and think about things that you can do. Uh, you know, to get your name out there, to get yourself known that, that you that you can fill up workshops, that you can, mm-hmm. you know, generate following and yet you can do things uh, that'll that'll pay the bills. And and I'm not comfortable doing any of that. I, I uh, it's just not my personality. But um, and so I admire those of you that that have figured out how to, to make that happen. Was that something that was innate in you or did you have to learn that skill <clears throat> for me? Like I've always been. Like when I was in high school, I was like in the band and I was always in drama and like I, I've always been comfortable like sharing what I know and kind of being on stage, so to speak. Mm. For me, like I just, I enjoy storytelling and, and sharing what I know. And I, I have one of those rare personality types that is probably not common in landscape photography that I don't, I don't mind talking in front of a group and I enjoy like having 
a lot of people pay attention to me. I guess a typical Pisces thing where like I'm the right. I got to be the center of attention. I guess <laughs> if I yeah, yeah. But you know that's how you pay the bills, man. Right. You know? But I don't think yeah. of it like marketing or anything. I think of it as like putting out the content that I wish would have been there when I started. Mm, because when I first yeah. started, I I watched tons and tons of YouTube and listened to tons and tons of podcasts. And now I, here I am doing podcasts and creating YouTube stuff. But I'm always doing. Right it with the slant of I wish that this stuff was out there when I got started so I'm going to kind of repay YouTube by trying to do what I wish was there you know I guess okay well then I would like to say thank you because I put out my first uh, drone video a YouTube video I haven't posted it to Instagram yet because I don't know how Uh, but put together a little drone video and uh, and posted on YouTube and that three-minute video took me 20 hours that's how talented i am every time i opened freaking premiere pro i had to go on youtube okay how do i start to play a video i mean the learning curve on that hellacious so yeah uh, so but, but thank you because without i was thinking about that what what did people do before youtube how did you learn how do you change a tire uh, and how do you how did you make a uh, how did you make a vi- how did you any semblance of how to wade through a program like Photoshop or right. Premiere Pro. Yeah, you'd grab it that big, is... thick book, Premiere Pro yeah, for, dummies. for dummies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's so. So, thank you on behalf of those of us who are not smart, and it takes a long time to learn something. But yeah, I don't think I'm going to be making a whole lot more drone videos. That that took me literally two straight days in my cave. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. And then I came out with three minutes of average content. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> Oh, it's so <laughs> worth it, though. So worth it. Is it? Well, is it really, Nick? Uh, <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. But that's the thing. Yeah. Like when I create videos, I see it as like another creative outlet. You know, it's just another thing that I'm building right. and creating. I enjoy sometimes I make enjoy making the video of a trip more than I like the photos that I made during the trip. And because, you know, sometimes I don't even come away with a great photo, but I can still ma- if I got the B-roll and some music, I can come away with a good video. <laughs> Just get some epic, yeah. epic Nick walking through on the beach footage you know (laughs) (laughs) his son you know yeah just wind whispering through his beard exactly get get that wind blown beard look yeah Uh, standing straight out exactly okay so nowadays you have a very finite amount of time that you get to dedicate towards your photography trips so when you're planning a trip how far ahead of time are you planning your trips or are you just kind of going out when conditions are lining up and you do it more spur of the moment that is a very good question and the answer is yes to everything you just asked it really depends um i have a huge advantage over most people in that i'm an airline pilot i can go anywhere anytime Uh so Good point. Uh, thanks to all the other airlines out there, I can just pop on a plane for free and go wherever, as long as there's a seat. So that that changes the dynamic for me compared to most people who, you know, if you're going to try to pull that off, it's going to cost you a lot of money. I mean, plane tickets last minute are expensive. So most people can't just look at the weather in um, Death Valley and say, hmm, looks, conditions look good. You know, tomorrow I'm going to hop on a plane today. Uh, if you do have that opportunity or you are willing to spend the cash to do that, that's the, in my opinion, that's the way to do it because you can then, you know, give yourself the best chance. You mm-hmm. can say, Hey, look, uh, it's going to be windy. I'm just thinking it cause I just posted that a dune shot today, but it's going to be windy in the dunes. So last minute decision, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to head in there because I am sick of seeing everybody else's killer dune images with wind that I've never gotten. 
if you have that opportunity, that's probably the best way to do that. And, and that is one reason why if you're a person that likes your local landscape, that that's beneficial because you then can say, okay, well, it's uh, Tuesday. I got a free day today and it's looking great in the gorge or it's looking great on the coast or the mountains look good. The flowers are out or it's you know winter and you can bomb up to wherever you are. Chasing the conditions, I think, is a lot easier than chasing the location and just hoping to get lucky with the conditions. So true. Yeah. You can, you know, I do tend to uh, plan trips, especially if it's going to be a desert trip. And if I'm going to be going with somebody else, I have to plan earlier. So if like Ryan and I went to, uh, uh, to the desert and then a month before that, David and I went and both those guys, you know, they've got lives where they can't just up and move. So they, you know, we had to plan these a couple weeks out and then you're just, now you're a slave to the conditions a little bit. So uh, then you've got to employ a little bit more technique and a few more tricks up your sleeves to try to get a good image. Uh, I've been, I was very lucky with Cody and Ryan uh, at the beginning of, and over the winter, we were down in the Eastern Sierras and we had incredible light every day. So that, you know, makes it pretty easy. You're at your chosen spot, the Alabama Hills or whatnot, you get good light. Then it's just a matter of trying to get your brain to warm up and shoot again. So I try. I, I know the first day is going to be a throwaway because I, I'm just not thinking photography. Mm-hmm. But if you get to a place where uh, David and I got, you know, we didn't really have great light any of the days we were there, but that opens it up to a different, you know, different types of photography. You can do uh, drone stuff, which is, you know, you don't really need a sky for a lot of the drone stuff if you're over an interesting landscape. Um, you can do night photography. If it's clear skies, then you uh, get out the Astro stuff and, and shoot some stars. Uh, if it's cloudy and rainy, hopefully you're someplace where you're, you know, near some waterfalls or get some long exposure, misty, moody stuff and, and hope for the best. But it does create a challenge to try to get good content when you've had to plan a trip six months in advance you have no idea what the conditions are going to be so then you got to get you know try to get creative and flexible those are some of my least favorite trips when i get locked into some kind of like itinerary like i have to stay in this hotel this night and this hotel this night because you are your hands are tied and you're just totally a prisoner to whatever light you get and that's why a lot of us have as far as weather the most interesting skies and and dramatic weather close to home because if you have a spot that's drivable in a half hour an hour or something uh, you're more likely to be able to catch good light there because you can just go over and over and over and you can go it during short notice when the light's looking good. The thing that separates a lot of really amazing photographers from really average photographers is the really amazing photographers are able to call audibles based on the light. You know, you're if you're not getting a sky that is going to lend itself well to the big landscape, you you change plans you know and you're like well it's time to bust out the drone or like you said it's time to do some night photography and some people don't think that way and you have to almost be kind of if you are locked into an itinerary you have to be willing to call those audibles and you have to be really flexible uh in the type of photography that you're going for and some people like you are amazing at that uh, I just tend to follow Ryan around or David <laughs> <Just> or <laughs> ride, just, ride hey, his coattails all the way. Oh to victory. man. <laughs> I mean, I, as I get chubbier, his, he has a harder time dragging me on his coattails, but I make him do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, that's a great point And one that I think anybody that's taken a workshop will probably know that, you know, you're, you, you can probably plan on doing quite a bit of driving. If you're with a workshop guy or gal that, 
kind of knows their stuff. It's, it's, you, you get there with a very loose itinerary and you go where the conditions are best. And yep. Flexibility is sort of the key. And that also feeds into if you're at home and you're the, the weekend warrior guy or gal and you're not sure, you know, hey, I want to, I've got a block. I've got a, you know, a week that I can take some vacation. I can go do a photo trip and I really want to make it count. One of the things that I try to do in my own uh, time off is pick a location that has options. Yes. So David and I were in Iceland. This is four years ago or so. But I mean, that was the best trip I've ever been on by a country mile. And we had planned that trip oh, nine months out. So you're just getting lucky uh, or not. But the, the volcano happened to be going off. So we, you know, we changed our plans completely of to where to go. So we went out to the interior to catch a, a ride on a helicopter and, and have that experience. And then you know, we're driving around looking for, it was every day studying the weather and saying, okay, well, we're in, you know, Southeast Iceland and the Aurora, it looks like it might be going off tonight. Um, the only place that I see clear skies is in the Northwest part of the island. It's a 10 hour drive. Let's go, let's get in the car <laughs> yeah. and let's drive 10 hours and, and, you know, get there. And that's, I, I think that's sort of how you have to do it. But if you, if you lock yourself into a spot that doesn't have options, it, it gets tougher. So when you're choosing a spot, if you choose a place, Iceland's a good a good mm -hmm. example. There's all types of photography. If you're if you haven't been to the Northwest, the Northwest is a great spot. There's all different types of photography. Uh, the Eastern Sierras. There's you know from the Eastern Sierras in six hours in any direction, you can get to a wide variety of different scenes. And so depending on what kind of light you're you're coming up with, you know that's how I would prefer to do it versus going to a place where you're sort of locked into one spot and you got to hope for the best or like one type of photography like the wide angle landscape yeah. with a whole lot of sky there's the, if you get an overcast day you're just screwed <laughs> yeah you're toast <laughs> and you're toast but that's what's so nice about like iceland is also the example i bring up all the time is like if you're in iceland and you get a nice sunset you shoot a, a seascape or you know some kind of epic mountain scene but if you get an overcast cloudy day oh i'll just go shoot some waterfalls or you know yeah. get totally clear skies well i think i'll shoot aurora tonight like you always yeah. always have something to shoot regardless of the conditions unless it's that sideways rain and then you just sit inside and drink a 20 dollar beer <laughs> so. right Ex exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that that that's definitely which is why everybody goes to iceland yep. and uh and and that's why it's getting tougher and tougher to find i i you know i started out as the as the ultimate comp stomper <laughs> and i and i should publicly apologize to mark adamus for chasing his shots for you know the first three four years of of my shooting and it was actually a great way to learn. I, it really taught me a lot when I would see a shot that he shot and I'd go and I'd shoot it, you know, and I'd, and I'd see sort of what he did or, or, or you know, how the setup worked. Uh, and it taught me a lot about how to see things. I mean, I'm still terrible at it, but, but it, was, it was beneficial. But as I get a little bit further into the, uh, into the routine, I start to loathe sort of the same shots as everybody else yeah. has, uh, which is why I don't like shooting in the Northwest anymore. I, I get, I, I get, I just get tired of it. And it's, it's very rare that I'll see a, a Pacific Northwest shot that'll blow my skirt up, so to speak. <laughs> and so I, I try hard to now to go find something that's a little bit different. Drone photography for me is now kind of my new passion mm -hmm. uh, for that reason. One, I, you know, I kind of like to fly things. So that's, that's cool. Two, it's, it's a completely different perspective. And there's not a lot of it out there yet. 
I'm sure it'll, I'm sure there will be, and then it'll be time for me to try something different. But I've been focused a lot on that lately, and not just the bird's eye view, but you know, just different perspectives of things, and and trying to get a little further afield. So, so I actually haven't been back to Iceland for that reason because everybody's shooting Iceland now, yep. and uh, and I'm you know, I'm constantly trying to find some place that's just a little bit different, that's a little more more interesting for me to see. You know, so when I'm trying to pick locations. I'm now spending more and more time, you know, studying Google Earth to try to find something that looks neat, you know, that's maybe just a little bit different. I am I'm way too fat, way too old and have only one kidney. So I'm not gonna, I'm not going with Mark Adamus to, <laughs> you know, s- central Alaska where you're hiking for six days up into the, you know, like a goat fighting off um, grizzly bears. And <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I get a mosquito bite and I'm calling nine one one. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm going to cry for a week and you know, he's, he's tenting with the polar bears. It's just not going to, that's never going to work for me. So uh, I've got to find something that's a little bit easier to access. Right. Yeah. It's, it's tough because you know you want to get out and shoot as much as you can but i think you've kind of hit the nail on the head as far as like just because you don't have the time to go out and physically do photography all of the time does not mean that you don't have a few extra hours to just go out or to stay in your house in the comfort of your couch and to spend a little bit of time thinking about it and planning that next trip or just keeping your eye on the conditions just in case conditions line up with that one day off that you have and there's something interesting happening six hours away you can make that work you can hop in your car and drive there sleep in your car you just got to be willing to make some of those comfort sacrifices that come from those last minute last minute travel plans yeah that that's for sure and if you are if you're going to be into landscape photography and and serious about it you need to get comfortable with no sleep that's a that's a point that you brought up i mean you there's no sleeping especially in the summer around here i mean yes good lord it's it's you know two hours a night tops and and that's a usually a crappy sleep you know i got a cool setup on the roof of my of my jeep where i've got a tent top that i pop up there i, I mean I, I i might as well just you know try to sleep on the sun i can't there's just no <laughs> right it, does, it just doesn't work but that's just the way it is you pop a five-hour energy or you know whatnot and i said unless you're ryan that that crazy sob that guy can sleep anywhere it's astonishing you know we'll be hanging upside down on a glacier in the middle of winter with a 50 mile an hour breeze you know an ice pellets hitting our head and he's snoring like a i don't know how my god it's not not me i'm up all night but oh that's funny yep so where can people go to check out your work and see what kinds of stuff you're up to well, first of all, I'm I'm going to bust you here because we just <laughs> we just covered this and we had some technical difficulties. From my end of things, I just spoke for five minutes about my awesomeness, and you got so bored that you just hung up, <laughs> which is which is like which is like every date I've ever been on in my life. Really uh, good no, so on the self esteem. Really, really good yeah, on the self esteem. Yeah, it's just awesome. Hello, any is this thing still on? Tap tap tap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not huge into social media. I don't FaceTube. I do uh, post about once a month on Instagram, which is about all I can do because my shtick, the image, my images don't carry themselves. So I've got to uh, post a story with it usually. And the problem is, is I'm slow to process. It takes me hours and hours because I'm terrible at it. So I process and then it looks bad and then I start over and then it looks bad. By the time I get it processed, it's a few weeks have gone by. And then I'm not, uh, my memory is terrible. So then I forget what the story was that I was going to tell with the image and I pretty much have to start over. So 
it takes me a while, but I do post on Instagram and I think it's under Miles Morgan photography or something. He's being very, very modest because his work is amazing. I highly recommend that everybody go check him out for inspiration because Miles, you're one of the photographers I look up to. And the fact that you are not out there shooting all the time just speaks to how good you are. Because to yeah, be able to, kind. to be able to create the kinds of images you do and just do it like, you know, for fun on the weekends, occasionally it makes me sick. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's very kind of you. Oh, I do have a website. I kind of forget about that, but yeah, just miles more in photography, I think. Well, likewise, buddy, I, I, uh, I really enjoy your images as they come out and, and you've got your processing in the last two years has gotten so good. It's so, it's so natural, but, but vibrant. Uh, your comps are always very thoughtful and you've got some, you know, you've got really interesting ideas and you go to places that are, you know, that are common, but you come up with things that I haven't seen before. And I really, I, I love that. So oh, thank you. So keep inspiring me, man. I'll try. <laughs> or pissing me off as the case may be. <laughs> I, it, you know, like I feel like my with my own photography, you discover what's possible and then you dial it back into a more tasteful version of yourself. And I'm yeah. in a constant state of dialing stuff back to be tasteful yet impactful and to have some kind of sense of moment. Yeah, well, I like I like it. It's a, it's the strategy's working for you, so uh, I will continue to hate you from over here, and uh, which is the biggest compliment I can give. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And thanks, Morgan. Miles. Thanks, Morgan. And thanks, <laughs> and thanks, Miles, for coming on the show. It's always good talking to you. Yeah, you too, buddy. Take care. Take it easy, everybody. 